Welcome to The Porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics. By examining the Word of God, especially the Book of Acts Church, we see how they served the Lord, and we use that as our example. The Porch Online Bible Study is always taking a deeper look into their service to the kingdom of God. Our desire is to find and restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We dig deeper into Scripture, and by doing so, we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created because the church age is not over. What happened in the upper room is as much for today as it was on the day of Pentecost. And if you know that there's more to your spiritual walk with Yeshua, with Jesus, and you want that, then you're more than welcome to join us on this journey. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button. You can also find all the links to the various streaming platforms on that page. Or you can write us directly at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you want to support what we do, and we appreciate each and every one of you that does, go to firefalltalkradio.com. There are ways to do so. If you need any uh, help, need more information, just reach out. We appreciate you. We pray for you. And welcome to all the listeners from the various streaming platforms. And um, if you're here every week and you're listening, you are a part of the porch community, and I pray for you every day. Father, we just come to you now in the name of Yeshua. The name above all names, the only name that matters, the only name by which we can be saved. We thank you. We thank you for how much you love us. We thank you for everything you've given us from, in my case, my home, my family, uh, my wife, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, furry kids. Everything I have comes from you. And each and every one of us thank you for how much you have blessed us. You are amazing. That divine abiding favor that you have for your children. We thank you for sending Yeshua to pay our debt so that we can be reconciled back to you in right relationship with you. And Lord, we never want to take the cross for granted. We never want to look at that and think that it was less than what it was. It was horrible. It was horrific. And you let them do it to you for us. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Our sins are blotted out because of you, because of the blood. And you rose and you sat down at the right hand of the Father, allowing us to sit with you in the heavenly places because you sent back your Ruach HaKadosh, your Holy Spirit, to connect us to you, to walk with us, to teach us and remind us and, and help us to understand your word and fulfill the calling. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do tonight. Take this Bible study and do whatever you want with it. We pray a hedge of protection over the technology, over each and every one of us. And we thank you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Yeshua's name, if you agree with me, say amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. As I was working on this Bible study, I found this illustration, and I want to start out with it. A believer, some of you call yourself Christians, but we're all believers in Yeshua, a believer has been renewed and enlightened by the Spirit. He or she may be expected to walk in the light 
no more doing the deeds of darkness. This is acceptable to the Lord. And to those so walking, God gives usefulness. They set an example. They witness for God. They show that the fear of God purifies heart and life. But this is not done in their own wisdom or power. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Would we be good, righteous, and true? Then let the Spirit work within us. Let us be led and guided by the divine counselor, the Parakletos. Walk in the Spirit. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about being fruitful. Or in part three of a series I did not intend. We've begun building on Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. This is the nine-fold fruit of the Spirit. And I've always seen them as three clusters of three. And we're only in the first cluster. We've talked about love. We've talked about joy. Tonight we're going to talk, talk about peace. At a time when there is no peace. There's no peace in the world. People are struggling with finding peace. Well, that's the thing about it. You can't find peace. Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It must grow. It must be developed. It must come from within. He's the vine. You're the branches. The Holy Spirit is the sap that feeds and connects the two. We've talked about the agape, spontaneous, divine love of God, a strong, ardent, tender, compassionate devotion to the well-being of someone. And biblical love says that God is the object. He's the motivator and the source. This love is outgoing. It's self-giving. It's not necessarily emotion, but it's characterized by God himself. That when he loved the world so much that he gave us Yeshua, his only begotten son. Love is that first fruit of the spirit that's not directed towards the world or the things of the world. You can't create it or you can't make it happen. Produced only by the Spirit himself, and it does not depend upon external or natural circumstances. Romans fourteen seven, one of my favorite scriptures, the kingdom of God, fourteen seventeen. I'm sorry, so I, I love it so much I can't remember the number. Romans fourteen seventeen, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So those things are a byproduct of the kingdom of God, which says what? The world can't give it to you. It's talked a lot about, especially in Romans. You see it in Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this joy that's mentioned there that we talked about last week is a fruit of of being in right relationship with your Heavenly Father, with your Abba. You can't create that on your own. It's that state, joy is that state of delight, and it's a well-being, and it results from knowing and serving God. He is joy. He is filled with joy. It's divine. Zephaniah 3.17 I read this to you last week, and I want to read it again because some of you don't get it. You don't believe it. That the Lord your God is with you in your midst. The Mighty One will save you. He will rejoice over you, take delight in you, and you will rest. Or He will quiet you. He won't rebuke you in His love. And He will sing and dance and be joyful about you. Oh, he will sing and dance for joy over you with joyful shouts. It's not a dull, dead, judgmental God. This is a loving Father. Our joy 
comes from him. That joy, joy, joy down in our hearts comes from him. It is a fruit of spirit-led life. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Are you feeling weak? Are you feeling beat down by circumstances, by experiences, by what's been done to you or even by you? Well, that's because your eyes are on the wrong thing. Your heart's on the wrong thing. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In his presence is the fullness of joy. So what do you do? You praise. You sing. You dance. You open yourself up to him. You spend time with him. That's what leads us to supernatural peace. Remember I said, first cluster, love, joy, and peace. They have built upon one to get to this grouping that is vital to walk in the kingdom of God. The Lexham Bible Dictionary says peace, and it offers two definitions. The, um, the, the Hebrew is shalom. The Greek is irene. It's a pervasive concept in the Bible that most commonly refers to a relationship of love and loyalty with God and with one another. Relationship, not religion. You don't go to church. You are the church. Let's stop all this foolishness. And the best thing that could happen to organize religion is for that which we call church to collapse under the weight of itself. And out of that will come a remnant, will come a freedom, will come what the book of Acts church had and the world so desperately needs. And the Old Testament piece carried the fundamental meaning of welfare, prosperity, or wholeness. I like that word, wholeness. You want to be whole. You want to be whole in heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. It's the absence of hostility. It's the antithesis of harm. And it's a synonym for what is good. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know... The thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. The Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary says peace is a condition or a sense of harmony, well-being, prosperity, the absence of hostility. And it's much more than a psychological state. That old Testament Hebrew word shalom. I like that word. I use it in my when I sign off in emails and letters. Shalom and blessing. Peace and blessing. I'm not offering you any peace. I'm not offering you worldly peace. I'm offering you shalom. It's one of the most prominent theological concepts in the Old Testament. 180 times it's grouped in its various forms in the Old Testament. Again, wholeness, completeness. I pray for that every day, divine wholeness. To get back to my divine design. For my body to be at peace. For my cells, my bones, my tissues, my muscles to be at peace. And they're not simply because fallen world, gravity, a lot of foolishness in my life that I'm now paying for. When you're young, you think you're indestructible. You're not. God's covenant of peace, that's what we desire. That harmony with our friends or allies, it's, it's the Hebrew word, the equivalent of greeting in the English is, how are you? Do you have peace? Well, do you? Do you have peace? Because God, our Father, Abba, has given us a covenant of peace. It's the assurance of of the enduring relationship with the one who is our peace and who pledges to protect us and to abundantly bless us by his divine grace, wisdom, and power. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. 
and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Walking with the Lord in peace and uprightness, which is righteousness, means to maintain harmony, there's that word again, with him by faith and obedience, so to enjoy his peace. In Malachi chapter 2, starting with verse 4, he's talking about his covenant with Levi. He says that you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you that my covenant with Levi may continue. Remember, out of the um, Levi came the Levites, Aaron and his and the high priest, says the Lord of hosts, my covenant was with him, one of life and peace. And I gave them to him that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from iniquity. Oh, if we had Levites like that today, not what we have, hirelings and wolves in sheep's clothing. Isaiah forty-eight eighteen. Oh, the Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Obedience brings peace. I say something I think some people don't understand or they get offended by, but what I say is if you honor him, he will honor you. That aspect of right relationship is give and take. Isaiah 59a, 8. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. And I could be saying this to America or just society in general today. The way of peace they have not known, and there is no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes that way shall not know peace. Could that be why there is no peace in the land? No peace in the streets? This divine concept? He is our peace. If you look at Luke chapter 1, Zacharias prophesies John the Baptist's ministry, his son. And he says, as he, being Hashem, being God, Adonai, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he swore, swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, speaking to John, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will, be, you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of us of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Peace. The peace that's associated with the Davidic covenant, the prophetic promise of the Messianic kingdom. Isaiah 32, starting verse 16, Then justice will dwell in the wilderness. Wait a second here. I keep hearing about justice. I mean, if there's justice, there's peace? Hmm. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remained in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. 
Oh, Lord, how much we need that right now. We need that in our lives. We need that in your church. We need that in the nations. We need that in the governments. We need that all across the land. And the only way that can do that is for you to come back. Maranatha, Lord, Maranatha. Peace, ultimately, according to what I've seen here, is the opposite of what the wicked will experience. Isaiah 48, 22, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. Again, in Isaiah 57, 21, there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. So that term in the Greek, peace, irene, quietness, rest, peace of mind, that common in you know, invocation the Jewish farewell, shalom, health, welfare. In the New Testament, it occurs in every book except First John. Most frequently in Luke, fourteen times, followed by ten times in Romans, and then Ephesians, eight times. She, you think it was important? Romans fourteen nineteen talks about harmonious. There's that word harmony again. Relationships with one another. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Harmony. They were in the upper room in one accord. Solomon's porch, they were in, up, they were in accord on Solomon's porch. The book of Acts church was in accord. They were in harmony there was no discord. The universe is in harmony. It's all balanced. We know that it's held together by him, by his very essence, by his very vibrational nature. All of creation held together by the God of peace. Peace is freedom from attack and harassment, something the church experienced once Saul became Paul, Acts nine thirty-one. So the church throughout the whole of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was edified, growing in wisdom, virtue, and piety, walking in the respect and reverential fear of the Lord and in the consolation and exhortation of the Holy Spirit continued to increase and was multiplied. 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty-three. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Peace in the church. Could this be why we're so ineffective? Denominations, abominations, separation. One revelation is more important than the rest, rather than looking at the entire jewel of Yeshua. Let's concentrate on a facet that fascinates us or that we can use to manipulate that harmonized relationship of peace between our Abba Father and man can only be accomplished through the gospel. Let me say that again. There is no harmony. There is no accord. And there is no relationship of peace between God and humanity except through the gospel, through the good news. Acts 10, starting in verse 34, Peter is, Peter, I don't know Peter, I don't know who that it is. Maybe he was with Peter. Peter is preaching to Cornelius' household. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, Whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus, the Messiah, through Yeshua HaMashiach. He is Lord of all. He is Adonai. That word you know and which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Yeshua, 
Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. If you're oppressed by Hasatan, if you're oppressed by the kingdom of darkness, you have no peace. I know what that feels like. You look to create false senses of peace in other things. But once I get set free, that peace came. Ephesians 2.17 And he, being Yeshua, came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. Peace. Shalom. Irene. Peace of mind. Rest. I speak it upon you right now in the name of Yeshua. Rest. Deep into your soul. Rest. Let every agitation, let everything that has got you stirred up, let all the the things that the enemy has done, your eyes upon the world, rest. Stop. Take your eyes off of the things of the world and put them on him. See, peace, that sense of rest and contentment can only become a, a, a part of your life when you obey Romans 8, 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death that compromises all, comprises, I'm sorry, death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and the hereafter. And remember, sin is anything that separates you from God. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. Having the mind of Messiah, casting down all vain imaginations and taking in the truth of the gospel, the truth of the word. Say, this is why you need to open your Bibles. This is why you need to read the word to yourself and maybe even out loud begin to speak it faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god stir it up stir it up inside of you get this get this sense of of flow and motion of the holy spirit and break off all those things that the enemy has done to us and what we've done to ourselves i, w- I was sharing with my oldest son jesse today about seeing working on seeing all things as a blessing see i've told you my story partially and and maybe i'll 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 tell the whole thing again and go into greater detail broken home father walked out when i was six almost seven years old never looked back short overweight picked on didn't do anything very well Bullied because of all those things. Bullied because coming from a broken home, they're, you know, the the kids that were like me in the early 60s were usually um, from a lower economic class or specific ethnic group. I love when people talk about not knowing what it's like to be poor. Folks, I, I ate the processed cheese. I went to the schools for the free breakfast and the free lunch during the summers. I did all that because my mother was trying to raise my sister and I on a job that gave her $80 a week. So we were living with my grandparents and in that small apartment, well, decent-sized apartment, but not so decent when you got four families in there represented in various ways, shapes, and forms. Peace did not come in my life anything I did. But getting back to the point I made with Jesse was I excelled by not focusing on what I did right, but trying not to do what I did wrong again. I was focused on the negative, never on the positive. Negative reinforcement is what drove me. And then as you get older, everything becomes about the what ifs. 
well, what if I had done this? What if I hadn't done that? And you lose all your peace when you do that. We need to stop living lives of what if. Because we know what is. He is the great I am. He is our Abba Father. He is the one who gives us these things. So that mind of the flesh that focuses on those things drains the life out of us. Messiah made peace between the believing Jew and the Gentile, the non-Jew. You know how he did that? By making them one new person in him. Ephesians chapter 2, starting verse 14. For he himself is our peace. He has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity which is hate, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. The peace I'm talking about is it could be a state of physical or spiritual well-being. Both Yeshua used it as a blessing and Paul used it to, at the beginning and the end of his letters. The term brings to mind all that Messiah would do or had done through the cross and the resurrection to end the dominion of sin, to make peace between God and man. So I wanted to go into Romans 1 here, but it just took us in a different direction. But if you read the end of Romans 1, you see what the end result of rebellious, unrighteous man who has no peace with God. And he gives them over to their own debased mind. Basically, as a father, well, to a rebellious child. That's what you want, and you can have it. And folks, we got it. We put our faith in politics. We put our faith in men and women. We put our faith in in, in people that preach the gospel for gain. We put our faith in all the wrong things. Well, my faith is in Yeshua. My faith is in the Lord. My faith is in the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this world, because they're falling, they're coming down because of unrighteousness, because of evil and greed and everything that is the antithesis of our Abba Father. Everything the enemy has put his hand to is rotting before our eyes. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Adonai Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see how love and joy and peace, they all keep popping up in in the same scriptures. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God, the agape, unmerited love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, this hope, this faith, this peace, this joy, this love is inside out. It comes from inside of you. But yet the world and secular church wants you to look for it externally. Keep looking for it externally. It's over there. It's up there. It's over here. No. It's in you through the Holy Spirit, and that's what you should be working on. You should be feasting on the Word. You should be spending time with Him. Transformed from glory to glory. Not always seeking, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Or what's the answer to this question? Or why am I having this problem? He said to me today, all of my answers are in my word. 
I've already given them to you. Colossians 1, 19 and 20, we have been reconciled in Messiah for it pleased the Father that in him, Yeshua, all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. It all starts at the cross. And from the cross, we go to the empty tomb. And from the empty tomb, we go to the upper room. From the upper room, we take all of that out into the world to change people. Because peace has been made through all of us who believe in Messiah. I think that's why Paul started his greetings and then his benedictions with peace. He was trying to get a message across. There was no doubt he was. It sounds really simplistic. You really think Paul was trying to get a message across? That's not what I mean. There's always one smart aleck in the crowd. Meaning, if he said it enough, people might get it. Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be complete, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. That one mind, that one accord, that thing that got triggered, that harmony in the upper room, that 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 coming into agreement with one another and with the Lord and the flow of the Spirit and such an amazing feeling when it happens. Ephesians 4, starting verse 1, Therefore the prisoner for the Lord, meaning himself, he was in prison when he wrote that, appealed to and begged you to walk, lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called, with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service, living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, oh, more fruit of the Spirit, with patience, bearing with one another, and making allowances because you love one another. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of and produced by the Spirit in the binding power of grace. There is one body and one Spirit. Just as there is one hope that belongs to the calling you receive, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading all, and living in us all. That harmony keeps coming back, resonating as one, singing as one, doing as one. One can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. It goes out exponentially. I worked it out one time, and then finally I had to stop because it just would have been a lot of numbers. But the point is this. We replicate ourselves when we come into agreement. When I go somewhere to do what I do with SRT, could I do it by myself? Most likely. But by taking a team and we're all in agreement, we're all on the same page, becomes explosive, dynamic, dunamis power. That it gets to the point the enemy doesn't even bother to fight. He flees. He gives up the land. He gives up the house. He gives up the person. He's gone. Retreat. Retreat. You can almost hear it in the spirit. And when then we bring peace to a place, to a person, to a family, someone who's been tormented. This is what it's all about. It's not about building buildings or programs or making a name for yourself or building a brand. This is what it's about, the gospel of peace. We've talked about it in the armor of God, but Ephesians 
6.15 and having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability, the promptness, and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Those Roman sandals with the studs and tied to your legs and they're comfortable, but they can hold you in the ground. You're standing in peace. Something the world cannot achieve or provide for you. And if you ever notice that if you're if you're agitated, you're dealing with things and you have no peace, the, the doctor can't give it to you. What he can do is medicate you so that you don't realize you have no peace. Well, what's the point of that? Once the medicine wears off, you're back to where you began. Supernatural peace, that's what I want. The other reason the world can't achieve it or provide it for you is because it hasn't dealt with the problem of sin and separation from God. It all starts with salvation. It all starts with the cross. You want to get somebody delivered? Oh, yeah, we can pray all the prayers. We can go through all the machinations. We can do the little dog and pony show. Well, I don't do that. I just come in with the name and the power of Jesus. But the easiest way, begin with salvation. Get someone saved, and if they're backslidden, get them back to where they believe in the Lord. If they don't believe in the Lord and you cast out whatever they're dealing with, those things are going to come back and they're going to be seven times worse. It has to start with salvation. All have sinned. Romans 3, starting verse 9, What then? Are we better than they? Talking about the uh, Greeks and the Jews. Just because you're saved, are you better than the vine? No, not all, for we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They've all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's the description of an unsaved world. But see, Salvation brings the Holy Spirit, which brings peace. God is a God of patterns. The universe is a pattern. Intricate, beyond anything that could have spontaneously happened. There's the hand of a creator upon it. And he's given us the pattern of salvation Infilling of the Holy Spirit, peace. That's why over the, what have we been around since 2010? 13 years that the porch has been on the air. Actually, 13 years this month. I've talked so much about the Holy Spirit. That's why Yeshua said in John 14, verses 16 and 7, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Where's the Holy Spirit abiding in you, taking permanent residence in you? Jumping down to verse 25 of John 14, These things, Yeshua says, I have spoken to you, while being present with you. But the Helper, the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. 
If I get asked you a question and you're willing to honor it, answer it honestly, which you can do because nobody can hear you, is your heart troubled? Have you allowed what's going on in your life or around you or going on in the world to steal your peace? Then listen. Peace does not come from without, but comes from within through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, through your relationship with the Lord and your connection to your Abba Father. See, we can have it in the winter of age or the spring of youth. It doesn't matter how old or young you are, you can have it. We can have it in a lowly cottage or a stately mansion. We could have it in distressing pain or buoyant health. Because the secret is in relationship with Messiah. We can have peace in the midst of the storm if we have Messiah. He is the shelter from the tempest, the soul's haven of rest. If we learn to value his friendship, then we have mastered the secret of the peace which passes all understanding. God's peace guards the believer's heart and mind. It surpasses every thought and all human understanding. That's what Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7 is about. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, another formula, prayer supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses, doesn't pass it, it surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Messiah Yeshua. If we back up a couple of verses to verse 4, the flow is different. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourselves in him again, I say. Rejoice, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, and your forbearing spirit, for the Lord is near. He is coming soon. Every time I say that, my, my heart jumps. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, Definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Messiah. So fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Messiah Yeshua. See, peace doesn't pass it to you. It transcends it. It makes no earthly sense. That's why when people say to you, why, why, do you, why do you have peace? Why are you not afraid? That's when you have to be ready to give your testimony and in humility and in love share with them. That's being fruitful. Love and joy and peace working together. It's another illustration I read and I had to share it. Among the students at a college, there was a young man on crutches. Although not a handsome fellow, he had a talent for friendliness and optimism, and he, he earned many scholastic honors as well as the respect of his classmates. One day, a new student asked him, what caused him to become so badly crippled? And the young man said, infantile paralysis, which we know is polio. With a misfortune like that, exclaimed the other fellow, how can you face the world so confidently and so happily? Oh, replied the polio victim, the disease never touched my heart. He determined not to let the external steal what was inside of him. We choose to do that. 
the stresses of life, when they show up, they they show very quickly how inferior human peace is. But to a believer, that kind of stress only brings out more brilliantly the divine peace that Messiah brings to a heart. To learn that, to have that, to feel that. There was a young lady I met here in Orlando many years ago, filmmaker. And she was in an electric wheelchair, pretty much handicapped from the shoulders down. And we got to talking about faith, and she knew about me. And she said, you can't believe how many well-meaning, spirit-filled Christians want to lay hands on me to heal me and get me out of this chair. And I tell everyone the same thing. If God wants to heal me, he'll heal me. But what do you think is a greater testament to my faith and love in him, to walk normally like you or to be in this chair the way I am and have that love and that peace? can't argue with that logic. Right now, in this world, in this time where we are in history and and prophecy, eschatology, all those things, we could easily lose peace. We could easily become afraid. We could easily forget everything I just said tonight. Well, that's all well and good, Richard, but you don't know my situation. You don't know what I'm going through. Well, I know this much. Nothing's too difficult for God. It doesn't matter what you're going through in that regard. He can solve it. He can fix it anytime he wants to. But until he does while he's doing it, be fruitful. Have love. Have joy. Have peace. Because he loves you. I think, in my limited understanding, the book of Acts Church, beside the power, everything's, everybody thinks, oh, it was the power and the signs and wonders. Yeah, it was that, but it was the peace and the love and the harmony and the camaraderie they had with one another. The eating together, the breaking of bread, the communion, the taking care of one another. Somebody had a need, it got taken care of. I've had glimpses of that. We've had moments of it. I believe that's what shook the world. When Nero tried to kill them all and burned them or threw them to the lions or tried to torture them and they didn't recant or they sang or sometimes miraculously got set free, it did the opposite. It became an evangelistic tool because Asatan and the fallen, though supernaturally empowered and however long they've been around, they're really not that smart. I mean, if they were that smart, they wouldn't have rebelled. They wouldn't have done what they did. Peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. It's so vital for you. These first three, love, joy, and peace, that he wanted a separate night just for that moment. And I've seen, since I started it, experiences in my life happening right after the lesson that allowed me to apply what I taught. Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and make your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of Adonai Yeshua Mashiach the Lord Jesus the Messiah 2nd Thessalonians 3:16 now may the lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way the lord be with you all 2 Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brethren, farewell, Paul says. Be complete, be of good comfort, be of one mind, and live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Father, we want your peace right now. We have it inside, but we want it to grow. 
We want it to multiply. We want it to be fruitful. We want to be able to share it with others through a word, through a hug, through a smile, through a look, to just being there for them. Peace for one another, bad marriages, financial distress, dress, health issues. Peace, I say. Peace in the name of Yeshua. Drive away the darkness. Drive away the heaviness. Begin to praise. Lord, we know you sing and dance and shout joyfully over us. We want to do that for you. So, Lord, visit us right now. Wherever we are, wherever we're listening, whatever we're doing, visit us. Visit with us. Show up in the night hours. Show up in dreams and visions. Send angels to hover over us. Keep the enemy from us. Take the cares of this world away. Shine your glory down upon us. Change us. Transform us. Heal us and deliver us. Lord, I pray for broken relationships. I pray for the wounded heart to be healed right now that your peace your love your joy would like a hot oil just pour down upon them in those areas the scars the wounds the areas that have been left unhealed or the enemy keeps coming and flicking that scab so that doesn't heal heal it all take away even the scar lord our desire The desire of your children is to show you to the world. Not religion, but to show relationship with you. To show peace. To show shalom. That comfort, that rest, that so desperately is needed that no matter what happens, We won't be shaken. No matter what the enemy does, we'll not run. We'll stand strong, shoes of peace. You know, armor of God, the whole thing. Sword of the Spirit in hand. We need you right now. We need from the inside out to be transformed, to be renewed, to be changed for this moment, for you, for the kingdom of God. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Now, if you notice every night, every Bible study that I've done, I pray the ironic benediction. And you're going to see a word in there that we've been talking about all night. So I pray this over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, may Adonai, Yeshua, Hamashiach, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, may Adonai, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.